is that clock? Well, I'm tripping major nutsack right now. Oh, send it! Welcome to the world of winning. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Switchback Formula 1 podcast. My name is Graham and joining me, as always, it's the it's it's Forest Fan One on Twitter. That's his new that's his username. It's uh it's Luke Holmes. Hi Graham. Hello. <laughs> Hi, how are we doing? Not too bad. Are you enjoying playoff season? I am, to be fair. I, I've always been under the uh, sense that I want Forrest to go up, because I'd, I'd like to see how they do. I'm not one of these uh, salty rival fans. If they do well, then fair enough. They deserve to go up. They was pretty much in relegation with us at the start. So, mm-hmm. fair play to them if they manage to go up. I think they're the best team out of the ones left in the championship at this stage because they were very obviously they they could have gone very close with Bournemouth on that on that game before the end of the before yeah. the end of the season and obviously Bournemouth won that and secured it. I I think Forest are the best team. Though that goal at the end kind of sucks, but yeah, I, I want them or Luton to go. Up, so Luton would be a great one because I remember if, I remember watching Luton. I think win the Johnson's Paint Trophy by like ten or so years ago. Now they're like in League Two or something. So it would be pretty good. Yeah, cool. they were in conference very recently. It was not long at all. So if they, if they manage to go up, then that'll be huge. And plus the fact I would love to see a Premier League crowd walk through someone's back garden to get into the stadium. <laughs> Is that real? Yeah, there's literally on one stand, you have to walk between houses to get into the stands. It's oh, great. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywho, uh, as you probably, you probably couldn't tell, uh, topics for this week are kind of slow because really nothing really happened in the world of F1 this week. No one really did anything in particular. Well, Sebastian Vettel did things, but I'm, I can't be asked to talk about that because... <laughs> well, the BBC did that for us. So. Yeah, pretty much. I have zero opinions on any of that. So yeah, uh, what we might do this week, because uh, we missed it the other well, few weeks, is uh, do a little bit of catch-up on F2 and F3, which were in action at Imola and they're in action in Spain which we will preview that race uh, before we wrap up this one so we're going to preview the Spanish Grand Prix which is happening this weekend but we'll go kind of rewind back to F2 in in Imola and really again like, I just get so confused with this F2 season like it's it's such an up and down like I find it hard to take anything proper away from anything and that's largely because the races are just so weird like this this entire race weekend you could for F2 basically you could put down to the Roy Nassani factor yes what a what a man shall we say what a man <laughs> to be fair he completely aced his starts both races oh yeah yeah, but to my surprise, of all people I expected to get a good start, he would have been bottom of the list. Yeah. For some reason, he was on it around Imola and it was looking really, really good yeah. in both races. In the sprint race, kind of, he, you know, he, he Dennis Hauger critically got by uh, the Sally lap one. I feel like he had to lean on his experience, like especially in Bahrain where he's like stuck behind him. I think he, I think yeah. he realized. I think it was good for Hager to realize early on that you can't be, you can't end up behind this guy because it's just, it's just a detriment to your race. And once Hager did, and Vinsani was in fourth, and kind of there's a big bottleneck behind him. I think drivers would have got past Vinsani if I think the wrong driver, and this was Logan Sargent, was the wrong driver to be directly behind Nissani. We needed someone like Djokovic or Vips someone with, or someone like yeah. that. Someone with a couple of years' experience. Sargent, I, I just think he's a bit... He's, uh, he's not been in the cars for very long. 
and moves like that, you need to be committed. And I don't think he's that type of driver yet. He needs a bit more experience with the cars. So someone like, like you say, Drogovic, who just he would make he will make that move to stick like easy. Yeah, when you need someone like him or Lawson or Vips or you know someone who's been around or is not afraid to send a move, essentially. And Vips was nowhere in the in this one. So yeah, and then. It should have put should have, Nassani should have been punished for saving too much of his tires because he had some blistering pace at the end, but because he had not really used the tire a lot, and he look the the kind of the guys did catch up to Marcus Armstrong at the front there, and Nassani was in particular was flying probably needed another lap or so, but uh, yeah, it was a kind of a kind of a weird one, and as a result, kind of you know there was a, the, well sprint, feature race was another story, but kind of the results uh, I don't know hard to really take. It was hard to take a lot of conclusives away from, especially that sprint race. Yeah, just just the races at Imola in general. I think there was a bit, pretty much, if you was got track position, it was pretty much, unless you cocked up, you wasn't getting past in F2. It mm-hmm. was strange. F3 was a different story. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> F2, I don't, I don't know what it is. Just them cars just don't, don't seem to get on well with following. So it's odd, Strange. isn't it? The F two cars don't seem to be. It is odd. Maybe we're yeah. We've been using these cars since what twenty eighteen. Yeah, and we've got them for another couple of years at least, I believe. So so maybe it's not, not not looking good. Yeah, it might be something to look at for sure. Uh, anyway, that sprint race was won by Marcus Armstrong, Jay Derula, and <clears> Dennis Hager, the rally at the podium. And then the feature race. Well, honestly, I went through. I don't. It's. It's not the five stages of grief, but it had to be pretty close because as this race was unfolding, uh, I was ready to give up on life itself. Like Roy Nassani was effectively a net P1 once people in front made their stops and he was comfortable. And I'm, I, was, I'm, I remember messaging you and thinking, this is it. Like, I'd, I'd, I don't think I could ever watch an F2 race ever again after this. Like he looked in complete control and literally like there was literally an onboard of him. Uh, they were following him on board. And F2's on board stuff is very weird because they just seem to select a random driver or so random drivers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, go on board. And they, had, they, picked a, they picked a great one with Nassani this weekend. But look, he was just he was just chilling at the front. He's behind some cars. He had yet to pitch. And you thought, right, well, again, like, like I said, like I, I'm ready to give up. Like, this is it, you know, goodbye. And uh, I'd say about t- 10 seconds or so after they, pat- they went away from that on board, the returns to Nasani on board uh, as he's just kind of just spearing in through the grass on the right-hand side, a tire up in the air. Uh, he crashed of his own accord under no pressure in a race that was his to lose and uh, coasted into the pits. And, oh, I don't know. I, I didn't know whether to laugh or to just be like a, just a breath of relief, but... Oh my goodness, what a chance for him to actually win a race. And I was very afraid he was going to do so. But whew, I was close. I, I was watching this live and you watched it a little bit after I did. And I, yes. you messaged me at literally the moment he binned it. <laughs> and I, I could not contain my laughter. It was, oh, it was so perfect. Because I, I was like you, I was, I was getting so worried that he was actually going to win a race. And my, my F2 viewership would no longer be mm-hmm. valid. I, I can't. If he wins a race, I'm never watching F2 again whilst he's in it. It's yeah. no point. It's, it's just not It's not worth it. Because then people will be like, oh, he deserves an F1C and all that shite. So but it was just typical Nisani that he binned it. So typical. Oh, like it was just a reminder. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, this, this is, you know, who we thought. 
yeah. for context, like I was waiting, I was at the train station waiting for a train, and I messaged Luke at about. I must. Well, how early was it in the morning? It must have been. It was like eight, nine o'clock. It was like yeah. half eight something like that. And I was, I was just like, I hadn't been able to turn it on. I messaged you, like, you know, are you watching this F two race? And you, and uh, you, you like, yes, and laughing. And I was like, hmm, is our favorite driver involved? This being Roy Nassani, and he, and he said yes. So I was watching it later, and I was like, well, like, what do you mean he's involved? Like, he's he's comfortable here on he's his own. Cruising, and then <laughs> and then it all came together. It, it just makes you laugh because he's going into the second to last corner. Nothing. The world is completely calm cuts back and he's just gliding down the barrier it's just so perfect oh. it's probably one of the best shots they'll get all year oh what an onboard that's <laughs> up there for yeah. f2 onboard of the year for sure yeah no it's up there for bottle of the year mm-hmm. onboard of the year oh it's great <laughs> uh, a very weird race in the end that was won by Theo Porcher ahead of Enzo Fittipaldi and Ralph Boschong was your podium and Clement Novelak Ayumi yeah, Iwasa, Frederick Vesey finished sixth. David Beckman, who subbed in here uh, for Chembal Bassi, uh, finished seventh. Or sorry, finished eighth. Uh, just, it was a race where, you know, a lot of people kind of rolled on strategy and it just didn't work out for a lot of people. Yeah, the, the, obviously it didn't help that the two of our, well, our favourite driver in Dennis Auger and sort of got wiped out literally uh, oh, two metres off the line. By uh, the brilliant Jack Dewan. Yeah. Also, by the way, who's running an Alpine this weekend. That's right. In, in. in Qatar. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Which is very strange. Of all places to do it, surely he'd do it in Spain. <laughs> but, or somewhere else in Europe. But no, whatever. All about um, the environment in F1, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Pushing like, that boat out. The yeah, flipping doing just veering <laughs> right immediately into Hauger, and it's like and yeah, just both their races just toast. Yeah, just completely snaps Dennis's steering rack, and I thought it, Dennis had just like turn into the wall for some reason <laughs> at the start because the camera, the way it looks at it, it looks so odd. Just, he just goes straight into the wall. You're like, what the what the hell has he done there? Yeah, and then you go on board. It is, it is a crazy start, to be fair. It always is. Yeah, especially because so like the, the kink on the straight, like you can't quite see what happens kind of behind as the kink. Because yeah. you know that, that view looking at turn one, or sorry, looking into the first braking zone rather at um, Tamborello. It's just yeah, it's like what on earth happened back there? Yeah, no, he was very much hit into. Uh, the upshot. Do you have anything else to say on the races themselves before we kind of look at the uh, bigger picture stuff? Because it was, it was just odd, wasn't it? Like it was, it was difficult. I, I, I wasted a couple of hours watching them. I won't lie. It was, it, I like watching F2, but my word, it's going to be even worse this weekend coming. Possibly, possibly. Although, to be yeah. fair, we've had some good races in Spain, to be fair, in F2. We have, we have. Uh, the upside is, though, obviously, with Porche winning that race, he now leads the F2 title once again. Uh, 52 points ahead of Djokovic is 50, after Djokovic only scored five points on the weekend. Uh, complete inverse, those two. Obviously, Porche scored nothing in Saudi and you had Djokovic score 33 points, and then conversely, then 27 for Porcher at Imola and 5 for Djokovic. So uh, he's ahead then, Porcher by two points, on, and then Djokovic on 15. Then Jan Deruva in third, Lawson fourth on 35, and Deruva's on 36, by the way. Bashore, who had sadly just a nothing weekend for him. First time this season, to be fair. He's been good up to this point. He's in fifth on 32 points. You got Bosch on 32 points as well. And Marcus Armstrong, who's scored 10 points exactly in each each uh, each round. Uh, yeah, and that's, that's a weird one. <laughs> I think it's been podiums like every time or a win. 
or close to yeah. it. So weird one. And then Vips obviously had a, again had a nothing weekend here. Uh, crashed or kind of had an accident, a driver error in the feature race. He's an eighth on thirty points. So like, I'm not going here to say it's a two horse race, but it's a it's a two horse race. You sh- are you are you, are you putting it down to Djokovic and Porcher? No, and no. I need a couple more races just based yeah. off how that weekend was. It's just it, there's just no one seems to be getting any momentum. It's either you have a good weekend or you're in the you're in the dumps. Mm-hmm. There's just no in between. Like Lawson wasn't really anywhere. No, Let's say Djokovic. Djokovic got screwed by a safety car early on, and he was on the alternative uh, alternative strategy, so he couldn't really pit for uh, the option tyres, and then that screwed his weekend. Porcher was the beneficiary of the being on the right strategy. Deruvula seems to be the only one that's really consistent, to be honest. He seems to con- be consistently average. So sometimes he's up there, sometimes he's in the midfield, and Prima just need to get the right together, really, because they're not really on it at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then you've just got a load of others that sort of appear randomly, like Boshung and Vashore, and even I'd even chuck Vips into that. He's, sure. He he should be up there. He should with, be. With the front two. He has cocked up a lot so far this season. So maybe not so much in the sprint race. I was sure it wasn't his fault, but the actual feature race was definitely driver of her. No, never mind. We forgot about the qualifying session. That was an absolute. Yeah, that was rough. Time as well. That was absolutely pointless. I'm trying to get myself hyped for a potential Porcher Djokovic title fight. Interesting. I like it has to be those two because like I I feel even less enthused by the likes of like Deruva or Lawson getting in the mix here. Vips if Vips can pull the finger out and look, he's only on thirty points. Like he's only twenty two behind Porcher. He could easily get himself back in contention here with a few good weekends. I could get a bit more excited between a Porcher Djokovic Vips title fight, but out of everything that's uh-huh. there, I think our poor chair Djokovic one is probably the best one on the table right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't mind it being like a a twenty twenty sort of scenario where we've got five different drivers involved. Yeah. Not probably not going to win it, the fourth and fifth, but they're in there in the mix and they could cause some mm-hmm. upsets in terms of wins and stuff. So obviously it's, it's very early isn't it it's, it's only rate, only round three for god's sake yeah exactly there's a long long season and obviously there's the huge gap from the second last race to uh the last race again yes so yeah <laughs> uh i thought poor chair this, this is a great break for him he's he was due some luck to be fair like obviously he's not a pretty you know it's obviously been rough so far this season look wise especially in saturday but i feel like he wasn't that fantastic in imola no. And yet he's emerged here with the feature race win and back in the title lead. It's probably things evening out a bit, to be fair. So he's kind of back very much in the thick of things here, despite, you know, not having done a ton. I know it's weird to say that because he's won two, two, three feature races. But Yeah, yeah, it is a weird one. But yeah, in Saudi, he was stupid unlucky with how the car was in qualifying and in the feature race, I believe it conked out on him or something like that. So yeah, it's sort of swing and roundabouts with... Uh, look coming back to him so hopefully sort of kickstarts him just being in the top five top six mm-hmm. all the time it, was there anything else or anyone else from the weekend in England that kind of stood out to you did Vesti get points or am I, or am I yeah. wrong in thinking that no, I thought he did Vesti got points in the feature race he finished sixth I believe yeah so that's that's something Mm, good for guess, good yeah. for Enzo Fischer to get on the podium after his obviously had a big accident at the back end of 
last season in Saudi and off the yeah. grid line and wasn't able to race in the in the finale. I was a bit of yeah, there was quite a bit of worry at the time when that happened because it was quite a big one. But no, fair play to him. I believe his grandfather was there in Imola as well. So yeah, that was a that was a good moment. I think. Yeah, it was, it was nice. Uh, um, anything else to add? Not really. I, I was just going to say it was the the racers just weren't the best. So mm. hopefully, hopefully when we get to Spain, it's a little bit more interesting and there's not constant red flags or safety cars. We have to get some racing in, yeah, rather than just being in a in a procession like it seems to be around Imola for quite a lot of the categories to be honest yeah it was honestly like i remember watching i think the former regional european presented by alpine were there like a week later and same story a lot of it was behind safety car running yeah <clears throat> and heck i was even watching the michelin le mans uh over the weekend it was also at Ibla. that was live streamed on uh, the races uh youtube Race, channel yes. and a lot, quite a lot of that was behind uh safety cars and the such as well so or a full course full course yellow so yeah, kind of the nature of the track, to be fair. So hopefully Spain is a little bit better from in, from that regard. Yeah, well, why is everything racing at Imola? I know, this time I, of the year, it's a very busy time, isn't it? Yeah, and I've noticed that with Imola and Monaco. There's been three events at Monaco this last three weeks, <laughs> and then there's obviously the F1 in two weeks' time. I know they try and sort of... It's a bit, different, a bit of a different story for them, isn't it? Because they've obviously got to have the track there for a certain amount of time, and they've got to cram everything in. Yeah. I found it very interesting that Formula E was actually using the the proper yeah layout first, for the time, first time I believe yeah that was interesting. Uh, should we so. move on to F three, the much more entertaining F three? Yeah, I, I think me and you have both switched, haven't we? I think we've mm -hmm. both sort of moved over and prefer F three rather than F two. Honestly, which is, which yeah. Is Honestly, looking at this, I was looking. I was. Just, I wanted to catch myself up on some of the uh, remind myself of what happened in these races. So I checked the highlights before we came on here. And honestly, I'm already loving this F3 grid. Absolutely loving it. Like, I've got, you got Vartans, Leclerc. I really like what Roman Stanek is doing this year. Uh, mm. Jack Crawford taking his game up a level as well. Isaac Hatchard's made a good impact. So has Franco Colapinto. You got Behrman in the mix here as well. Young Ali Behrman. Gregor Saucy getting in. He's stuck in as well. I like the likes of Correa and Maloney. Uh, Smalley, I think, is uh, capable of good, some good stuff as well. Kai Colette, we know he's got some stuff up his sleeve sometimes. Uh, you know, I just I just really like a lot of this grid, and I'm already really invested in, into F3 again this year. Just, I, I'm loving this grid, and I can't say that for F2, really. No, there's, there's literally three or four on F2 that I enjoy watching. The rest, it's just, it's just very strange that it's switched like it has. Yeah. F2 is really, them doing that really separated out calendar and the three races each weekend really put me off it. Really has. I think Parva as well has been. I, I, we both absolutely loved F2 2020. And that was when yeah. a lot of those drivers came in for the first time, like the likes of Daruvla and. Uh, well, Schumacher was actually year two, but the improvements of guys coming in, like from year one to year two, like Eilash, Mazepin, Schumacher. Uh, you had like looks like Lungard coming in and the such. And I know it was just fresh that year. And I feel like that, like now that some of these guys are like a year three and the such in, in it, and it's. Some of us lost that freshness, I think. Yeah, and obviously, 2020 is probably one of the best, if not the best, championship uh, seasons in F2's history. So, because mm -hmm. it was that bonkers and everything was just that compact and it was always on. So, it was just such a good, good season. So, I think we sort of compare it to that and it's just nowhere near as good. Yeah. 
Uh, F3 was a much different story at Imola. It was honestly like, I feel like... It's bonkers. About, yeah, honestly, I feel like so many different results could have been the case here. It was honestly wild. Uh, the sprint race was won by Franco Carpinto with a last lap overtake. Uh, Martins picked up P2 after, who was it? Hadjar and, Hadjar and Kyle Collette no, uh, in, the, in the sprint race here, I think, came together. Um, mm. I think it was Hadjar. He, it was it was definitely hard job. I'm not sure about it being Colette. Uh I think Colette was a sprint race, and I think the feature yes. race was Behrman and as Behrman and, and Saucy. Yes, that's what it was. Yes, uh, and Jack Crawford picked up, a, picked up a podium here as well. Stanek finished fourth, and then Hajar finished fifth in the end. Uh, and the feature race was uh, Stanek won it ahead of Jack Crawford and Isaac Hajar. Uh, again, that there was um, some shenanigans behind. Uh, Leclerc picked up fourth in the end. Uh, honestly, like I mentioned at the time, Roman Stanek was really unlucky in in Bahrain. He could have easily had two podiums, two wins, who knows. Uh, honestly, he was really, really strong, but two punctures kind of really put paid to him. The thing I look at from F3 as a whole is it's anyone's championship. It, like, it really, really is. It is very open, but at the minute I'm sort of swinging, swinging towards the Red Bull, a Red Bull driver. Which one? <laughs> You got Hajar, Hajar. and Crawford yeah, in the mix it's, here. It's, it's Hajar. He he has got some pace. My word, he is rapid when he wants to be. Yeah, just needs to iron out some of the mistakes. And oh boy, he's he's going to be uh, in that fight for sure. I think he's. Let me just double check what his age is. But I think he's like he's he's seventeen. I want to say he's very young. He's eighteen in September. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, looking really really good. Honestly, like again, just this, this race was absolute. Like this weekend for F two was absolute chaos. But uh, so, but I thought Sanic was a deserving winner. Carla Pinto was as well, having taken pole position as well. Uh, yeah, Carla was unlucky. He was unlucky. <laughs> I don't think Led he the really race the entire race to be honest. Yeah, I think it was. He didn't, and he didn't really. I don't think he really saw Hadjar coming. Maybe he should have. Yeah. Uh, Kush Miley was in the mix here as well for some some really good results here. He ended up finishing fifth in the feature race. I think he had to drive through for being out of position in the sprint. Yes. So there was that. Honestly, <gasps> just, just a wild, wild race. What, what happened to you? We forgot a crucial thing from F2. <laughs> we'll go back to it. Carry on. Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot too much more to say about F3, although it was absolutely bonkers. And the, the standings at the moment is Martins and Leclerc on 36 points, Stanek 33 points, in third, Crawford thirty-two points in fourth, Hadjar thirty-one in fifth, and you got Colin Pinto on twenty-two in sixth. And then your your pick for uh, the the title offer, Behrman, is in seventh with seventeen points. What, what do we forget? We forgot the uh, the amazing penalties for Amarico deal. <laughs> oh God! I really thought he was going to be disqualified. Yeah, I honestly thought he was done. I've never known someone get that many penalties for track limits. <laughs> there's two, at least there was two drive-throughs, right? Yes, two drive-throughs. He, he speed into the one them as well. Yeah, he sped into the pit. <laughs> it was just, it was such a bad weekend, such a bad weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, that was really rough. F three better off without, I reckon. But F two's not. No, certainly not. I had a safety car waiting to happen, really. Yeah, he, yeah, paid rather well. <laughs> Uh, but honestly, like again, this F three race is super open, super competitive, super wild, and overtaking was almost too easy at times in F three. Like that's the difference between F two and F three sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it is strange. The DRS seems to be a little bit more powerful, and you can seem to follow a lot closer, which is 
I think the right balance. It just seems to work. You you can get stuck, but at the same time, if you've got the pace, you can get past. It's not you know you don't need to be a second a lap quicker mm-hmm. like you do in F one and F two. Pass or be passed. Yeah, basically, uh, that's the entire mantra. Yeah, I, I, very, I love it. I think, very do or die. Yeah, I think Alex Jakes is the one that <laughs> said that for F3, pass or be passed, and I love it. And I know he doesn't, like it's uh, Harry Benjamin who does does F3 these days, but I, uh, I always love that. Pa- and it really is, in some cases, pass or be passed. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad Alex Brundle is uh, back on definitely doing, uh, comms with him as well. Definitely. That was a yes. That was welcome after some of the oh jeez after uh, yeah it was rough. Bullsacky. <laughs> uh, do you have any other like what, what was, do you do you have any other thoughts that we didn't or didn't co- touch on or from F three I guess. Leclerc needs to sort himself out for God's sake. If he could sort of qualifying, he'd be dangerous. Yeah, he he, he binned it right. I want to say in qualifying, or he was in the gravel somewhere and ended up getting caught out because of the rain and ended up down in 16th, fought his way back through and then oh, somehow salvaged the result out where he's still second in the championship. So yeah, He qualified yeah. 21st. Yeah, and I know they cogged it up quite badly. So, and Jack Crawford, I don't, I don't understand how he's up there because he's been nowhere. He, he only appeared into this championship in Imola. He was absolutely nowhere <laughs> the first the first round. Yeah. Uh, by the way, so. can, can we talk about how wild the start of, like that feature race was with the, the some people going on the wets, some people going on the dries, and safety car really yeah. screwed those who started on the wets. They were tearing away, and I, I love them kind of races. Yeah, so, I do too. So fun to watch. Well, it's literally a complete guessing game, and it's literally all on the driver's feel. And hopefully nobody bins it. So mm, well, we're that's gonna, the whole. There's a situation over the weekend that happened. That we're going to talk about a little bit later when we, as we finish off with shite talk. Uh, definitely a situation yeah. that matches that description to talk about for sure. Uh, no, he's, he's, he doesn't compete over there, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, did you have any other thoughts from uh, from F3? I, I'm just. I don't want to take too much away from that weekend at Imola, but other than the no. fact that. We've got such a great scrap here so far. Yeah, it's just yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, me I, too. I will. I, I don't like going up early on weekends, but I will happily get up early to watch that. Absolutely, no problem. And you might have to because there's a lot of action happening at yeah. uh, Barcelona this weekend. Yeah, W Series. I'm not really bothered about getting up for, but I'm going to try to catch W Series. I might have to catch a, a, a replay on Sky Sports or something, but. Yeah, yeah. If it's on, I'll watch it as a replay. But I'm, I'm not getting up at six to watch it. <laughs> Understand? I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it'll be on that early. But you never know. It's that jump out because I think Porsche, the Porsche Super Cups there as well. So yeah, that's five different series all going on. It'd be, it'd be great to go to the Spanish Grand Prix and you've got so much content. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get your money's worth. Like all junior categories there, a bit of Porsche W Series. I'm telling you, it's a. And I'm, really, I'm really optimistic about this. Should we just jump into a Spanish Grand Prix preview? Yeah, let's do it. Let's I'm really optimistic it. about this this weekend. I really am. Uh, like, having seen what we've seen in Australia, uh, where you know, I know there are some track changes there, but I really think that we could get a really good race at Spain this weekend. And I don't know if that's just my optimism, but I really think we could. Well, the race wasn't bad last year either. To be fair, it was no. actually pretty decent. So when the the women. The track changed as well, so that sort of 
pushed it in the right direction and these new cars i reckon is going to give you that extra push and we've we've battered the drum of each track deserves a, a chance in the new in the new gen cars so hopefully it's actually pretty decent and it's, it's decent in the lower categories as well so i don't see why not yeah definitely uh this is a huge weekend for so many teams because barcelona this will be you i think every team will be bringing upgrades here in some capacity we know we know Ferrari are bringing their first big upgrade here. They haven't really brought a massive amount of upgrades so far. They're bringing their first big ones here, including, an, uh, I think, a revised floor. They're trying to lower the car. If you want to read more about this, where I'm getting this from, this is on uh, therace.com. This is written by Scott Mitchell, uh, talking about Ferrari getting ready for their first big F1 update to get the Red Bull. Because that's been the thing, the difference. The, the lighter Red Bull has been better in the races, even if Ferrari been able to kind of match it in qualifying or better it. And they're trying to... So they hope with this update, it'll lower the car, cut out por porpoising a bit more on that car, which is a bit more prevalent on that Ferrari. But they certainly, like, they've got, if they, you know, got, I, have, I have confidence in them that they can, you know, they can get back to the front here at Spain. I really do. I've read something that they're changing the shade of red because it's, it can save up to three kilograms of, pay, of weight in paint. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's bizarre. I didn't know a shade of red could do that. Yeah, it's crazy. Which very, yeah, which is very interesting. Because obviously the uh, paint removal has been the the sort of train of weight loss recently, as uh, mm -hmm. Williams and other teams have sort of been doing. So kind of were really yeah. fast on that, weren't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm 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 optimistic because like like you said, there's a lot of upgrades coming, and it's either if these don't work. A lot of teams, I think, are going to sort of give up with their cars, if I'm honest. It's, it's going to be, okay, we'll carry on a little bit, but we're going to spend more of our money on the, the car for next year rather than trying to get somewhere this year. Obviously, the likes of Red Bull and maybe more to an extent Mercedes have obviously, I, I would... Be I would be surprised if they hadn't poured in a fair amount of resources to try and you know sort their car a bit and you know spent a, a decent amount of their budget cap already to uh mm. especially mercedes who which you know when there's talk about you know i think lewis hamilton mentioned that you know they could even go back to their get to ditch the, the no side pod basically uh concept which would be a, a wild one to, to be fair if you've committed to it early on you're basically restarting but obviously so much only so much you could pour in so if mercedes who obviously brought already brought upgrades to spain we don't even know how those work if, you know or sorry to miami we don't even know how those really fully worked they seemed to work and yet they were still miles off anyway yeah, that that was a weird one, wasn't it? Mm. I think, I think what we saw in in the practice sessions was very track dependent. It was very green. Seemed like and it. They, they, that car just seemed to work when the track was green. So I, I don't I don't know how it sort of went backwards when more rubber was down and more series sort of got to it. So if they end up if they end up reverting and going back, I think they they just might as well not bother. It's an mission of failure. Well, yeah, completely ride that car off. Go and go back to the old original design well i say original design the uh the trick design shall we say mm -hmm. and uh sort of understand and get some data on what they can work with for the side pods for the new car for next year i'm worried about if what mercedes are bringing if they've brought more stuff for miami than they have coming to spain because every, like again ferrari in particular i'm not sure what red bull will do but ferrari in particular are going to be bringing stuff and if that stuff works they could be even like Mercedes could be even further off the pace than they already were, and 
you've oh, got going to be. you've got teams biting on their their tails like Alfa Romeo or heck you know they're they're saying possibly could have finished ahead of Mercedes if there was no safety car uh, you know Alfa Romeo if their stuff works and then you've also got uh, Alpine possibly you know getting in the mix as well like there's a they're not they're close to those cars behind almost than they are to those in front and I'm worried about Mercedes from the point of view that yeah if other teams get their stuff right then ooh, we could be seeing a, a you know very very uh, despondent I would say Mercedes team and Russell and Hamilton over in Spain it's very possible Oh yeah, because that midfield is very, very topsy-turvy. One team can have a good weekend, one week, and then another. And the next race is is the down at the back. Is have you seen with Haas? Haas is a great example. They were up at the front in the first couple of races, and then sort of dropped back into the middle. And then you've got Aston Martin bringing a complete new car just for Lance Stroll this weekend, the AMR twenty two B, shall we say? Mm-hmm. So that that could be a complete game changer for them. They seem to have sort of got their act together a little bit with that with the original car so yeah uh, just quickly on Aston Martin apparently there's a piece on this on the race.com uh, by someone doesn't say who <laughs> uh, that it, the car will be visibly different in in Spain and Mike Mike Crack has indicated that I'm asking Aston Martin to quote up, bring updates every race end quote and that it is uh, quote quite far end quote from uh, giving up on the 2022 car so they're going to be trying to develop their way out of this until the budget cap allows them not to so I look forward yeah. to their car being at its peak in uh, Silverstone in Abu Dhabi and then uh, nothing for the rest of the season essentially yeah the, the, their philosophy for that car is very different it, that, that front wing is very high compared to everybody else's I think so mm. and I think it's going to be I wonder if they decide to do the uh, swimming pool side pods that Ferrari have got and go along that road because their, their design is is very different to what everybody else has got it just doesn't, it's, it just doesn't work. It's just I don't know. I guess it's, I feel like it's the closest to the concept car. That yeah, it literally is, isn't it? We it's have. like they've gone. Yeah, that looks right. We've got that pretty close to what F one has got, and everybody else has gone. Well, this works better. So why would I would use that? Yeah, and we won't, I think we said at the time when we were we were doing the previews for the for or we were kind of reviewing the reviews. Like you know, well, you've got a different way that no one else has. Then, generally speaking, you could be, you know, there's cause for concern. As it turned out with Ferrari, that that worked out. But with Aston Martin, with their such their very wide uh, kind of car at the you know at the side and then how it comes cuts in compared to like a, a, a McLaren where it just it cuts in very quickly. Uh, you know, like they're they're extreme on that. Was that were Aston Martin? So I wonder if that would be one of the pieces we see. One of the many pieces we might see differently. The uh, the show and tell. Uh, that's going to be happening at uh, at Spain as it does at every race. It's going to be very interesting this uh, this weekend. I cannot wait to read that piece on uh, the race dot com. And yeah, I think that show and tell is going to be. Uh, it's it's always always pretty interesting, isn't it? Because it picks up little details that you don't really tend to see. Like I, I obviously you can see you're going to see with the Aston Martin like 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 my crack as a as a, as I said, mm-hmm. but. Certain things like with the Ferrari that you you might not notice, you would definitely be able to see when they do these deep dives. So I don't think this is a. It's probably one of the better things they've done. I think. F one with show and tell, definitely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The cars are there for everyone to see. You know, the there it's it's all laid out there. We people who have the the eye, like you know, like the race do, can say what's new on this car this weekend, and it's great transparency. We we know exactly what's. What's going on to the car and what's different? Yeah, 
There's, there's no hiding anymore. No, there's that's no right. trickery of the designs or anything like that. If you've got some, everybody's known about it. So if you, if you're going to do it and it's good, then be sure the next if there's a big gap, then the other team's going to copy it. Like and here's the thing, like and this is nothing new in F1. Like it's 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 just done differently now. Instead of having photographers all around the track who take pictures of cars in garages and around the track to look for their bits, it's just in the open. Like, yeah, it's a bit like just, how I do it with my women. <laughs> just just cut the bullshit out, you know. Let's just you know, let's yeah. you know, this is a this is our car. You're gonna see the parts anyway. So yeah. Well that's it. It's just it's good. it's a lot more for the the eagle-eyed people like me and you, it's it's a lot more interesting because obviously we have more of understanding than the uh, what's what's the correct term here? The average casual, fans. yeah, the casual fan, the 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 guy that turns on and thinks Hamilton's driving a Ferrari type thing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, just with all the upgrades going on for different cars, I'm sure again is where their first big specs. Uh, I think we're going to have a we could have a quite a jumbled upgrade compared to normal. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I bet there's not so much at the top, mm-hmm. but definitely in the midfield. I think it's going to be completely switched. Heck, midfield not, down. Like I think from basically anyone from that isn't Red Bull Mercedes or Ferrari. Yeah, yeah, basically. Well, Mercedes can't go much further back. <laughs> oh, they definitely it. can. They, they are. They definitely Could you imagine they, they, they both don't get out of Q1. <laughs> God, that would be amazing. <laughs> like, oh, the embarrassment. So I really don't know what to say in terms of like predicting the rest of the grid because like and you could have anyone go up from that down essentially from that i think from those cars onwards uh i think yeah i think mercedes and alfa Romeo are probably in a better spot just heading in but because they've got some good form heading in and i'm sure you know they, i'm sure they'll continue some some strong upgrades and such but again yeah, like teams like mclaren alpine Haas, like i really don't know like it's gonna be aston martin like, hey, we can't even can't really let aston martin in this equation either even Williams, sure, that, yeah, absolutely. A, it's, it's a good, it's a good, it's not a great qualifying bar, car, but it's a good race car. There's something there Very in that good. car. I will, I will continue to or, believe that. Yeah, or Albon's just being an absolute god. Well, I think driving the wheels yeah, off it. I think both could be true, definitely. Or, or it's the red hair. Let's not forget that. Oh, absolutely, two, two for two, man. <laughs> Again, I wouldn't quite bring it back if it's looking good yeah. on Saturday. Saturday, maybe do a Saturday yeah, night. Like Go and get the red paint out. Yeah, absolutely. Just, do, just get your head, get a bucket of red paint, and just dip your old body in it, upside down, cover yourself in it. Why not? Uh-huh. Or just drive a Ferrari. So, yeah, very, very simple solution. <laughs> well, there might be a seat there soon, so you know. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Uh, sorry, Carlos, your contract extension is no longer valid. Uh, yeah, speaking, well, Ferrari might not be valid actually saying that. <laughs> Well, speaking of, he needs a very good weekend at his home Grand Prix. Does Carlos Sainz? He needs to be on the podium. Has right? to Let's be. put it that way. Has to be. If that car is good anyway, shall we say? If it's if Mercedes has somehow pulled something out of the rolls, then maybe not. But it just needs to be with Charles, i.e., not in the Monaco barriers. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I, I think I, I quite hon- honestly want to see him get pole. Yeah, because I think that would do a lot of good for his confidence, and sort of take some of the weight off his shoulders, the the pressure of not having that done yet, or having, or just having a win or a pole. Yeah, it would it's, it's a big thing for someone of his age, because obviously he's not a spring chicken in the sport. He's 
middle-aged in it now, so I assume he's desperate to get that done, and he should be by rise because that car is very good in qualifying. Not not so much in the race. Seems to go backwards in the race because of the tyre wear. But like you say, big up race coming. You never know. Wouldn't it be wouldn't it be typical if he gets pole position at a track? Like one of like the three tracks where pole position is arguably disadvantageous, given the uh, the vast run down to uh, down to turn one. Yeah, the th- the thing is, I think Red Bull straight line speed is going to be so crucial here as well. It's going to be so crucial because that Ferrari is going to be sitting dark. They need a lockout. I think they need a lockout yeah. on the front row to at least have one of their cars a chance to still be leading heading down to turn one. Odds on. Fernando being in the lead by turn one. Uh, <laughs> Could I you imagine? I mean, From he's done it before. Back, yeah, I know. I've I've watched these videos in the last few weeks. <laughs> they are a thing of beauty. Him. Yeah, they are. Just absolutely sends it from P14 and gets into the lead. Just cuts the grass. <laughs> yeah. Cuts the entire <laughs> corner out. Does a Russia. Or, really good. or Miami recently, huh? yeah. Yeah. Which Alpine are not very happy about, but in terms of the FIA, but <laughs> I think it's going to be Red Bull and Ferrari again, obviously. I think I'm really yeah. backing Ferrari stuff that they're bringing. Uh, I think it'll work. I think they've done their, I think they'll have done their due diligence. They've not brought on stuff for the sake of bringing on stuff. They want to understand their car. And I think given that they've had a few races, a few, certainly a few different kind of types of track, I think they, uh, I think they have a better understanding of some stuff. And I really think that what they have put forward, I think will be a benefit to the car. And I think that'll definitely be closer, if not quicker than Red Bull once again, like they were not too long ago at Australia. So I am backing a Ferrari, uh, not a white, not a washout, but I'm definitely backing a Ferrari comeback. Double podium, I think. Double podium's on the cards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think obviously, and I think Leclerc could be ahead of uh, Sainz, but that's just me. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no on that one. I, I think Leclerc's confidence may be dinted, but we'll see. We'll see on that one. And <laughs> you think the the weekend at Monaco may have? Uh... It, yeah, yeah. Even though I think there's a problem with the brakes. Yeah, there, there, there was, but still, you know what I mean. Just smashed up a, a fifteen plus million pound car, but yeah, oh, yeah, well, yeah I want to talk about some of that for sure. Um. I think I mean it's it's hard to say like it's what are, what are Is, Red Bull uh, in terms of where we see them I assume they'll be if if they're not up there they're best of the rest by far uh, yeah they're, 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 these two are just miles in front aren't they so it'd be very surprising if Red Bull aren't there I read something on Twitter that they've apparently spent seventy five percent of their of their budget for upgrades already this and Mercedes I, yeah yeah which Hamilton Marco has questioned said it's bogus but. You never know. It, it could. He has to say that. <laughs> yeah, but if that's true, then that's that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, because normally the trend is with Red Bull; they come good at the end of the season rather than the start. That's right. But yeah, that was before. That was pre-drivers' championship. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just don't see any result really. The the midfield is is impossible to predict, but right. the front two, I think we can pretty much it's nailed on. Max will be at least P three. I think. Yeah, I think that's pretty much set on. It just it literally depends on how good these upgrades are for Ferrari and how much, if anything, Rebel have bought and how good the tire wear is. Because mm-hmm. if if it's warm, then the Rebel seems to work better when it's hotter and there's less. Well, I say less, deg- more degradation, shall we say? Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way. Uh... They're already in Red Bull are already in talks with Perez for twenty twenty three. 
already. Well, that, yeah, that should have been done after race one. Uh, Perez said, "Yeah, we start. Uh, yeah, we started to talk, but we're not in a hurry to get anything done soon." It'll be, it'll be done by uh, by Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. No, nah, probably sure. probably Silverstone. I reckon a pretty a decent time. To Generally, do. a good time for some announcements for sure. Yeah, sort of gets the uh, pressure off Checo's shoulders then. Is there one the? Uh, I was gonna say I was just gonna say if there's, if there's anything else in terms of like Ferrari or Red Bull that no that's it really anything else down the grid looking towards okay it's gonna be a big weekend for a lot like a lot of teams a lot of drivers uh, is there anyone in particular that you're looking to that could do with a good weekend or a good bounce back or uh, you know a, a turn in form Mick Schumacher is a good one yeah and I don't think it will happen because. Like I say, it's just too odd to predict. I don't think the Haas will be too good around there, to be honest. But you never know. They might have done something with the upgrades. I don't, I don't know what they're bringing in yet, but it's uh, it's do or die time for Mick, I think. He needs to get something under his belt, at least P11 or P10 or something. He has because... to break that point stock soon, I think. Yeah, he's... I think he's on track for the longest... Um... He's near enough beating Latifi's record for without scoring a point, which is embarrassing. Well, that is wild. Yeah, I think I, I could be wrong in that. I think Latifi was twenty six races and then makes on twenty five very soon. So, or is on twenty five. There's a piece on the race.com talking about whose stock has risen and fallen so far in twenty twenty two. A mix one was one of the ones that had fallen. They they said it's fallen so far in twenty twenty two. I don't think it's wrong. It's not wrong. Gasly's has fallen as well, in my opinion. But <laughs> arguably, yeah, I think you're right in that. Even though I've, I've he's not been bad. He's just not been great. Yeah, just not the same level of performances. I don't think. So. Yeah, I don't have much to say because, like, it's in terms of like, it's just every team. It's more so about the teams this week than the drivers. I think, apart from maybe science. Yeah, science, science and Meg, really. They're the only two drivers I'm really looking out for. Everybody yeah. else is sort of sword, really. Yeah, everything else kind of falls on what how the, the car looks after upgrades this weekend. That's that's really what I'm looking for. Yes. So and we and so are you 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 are like me in the sense that you think that Ferrari should probably you think Ferrari be on top here again? In qualifying for sure. I don't, I don't see how they don't because they seem to be coming out on top in qualifying. But the race, like I said, it it, dep- it depends on the tires. It, it, it literally all comes down to that. Spain is very crucial on tires anyway. Yes, we saw that last year in the and the year before. Yeah. So, it, based on that and what we've seen so far, I more sort of more swing to a rebel win. But at the same time, I kind of want the rule grades to work at least somewhat mm-hmm. so they can at least have a chance and not be dropped by like 10-15 seconds <laughs> like the case was in Miami at one point where it was just completely gone so I, I, I don't know it's, I, I'm going to say Max wins right okay a, against my better judgement I have Chai Leclerc winning and Verstappen right. and then Sainz in third yeah I, I will go Max Science Charles, okay, and then, and then obviously Checo's fourth, absolutely, yeah. And then because you know, everyone doesn't seem to shut up about it, 
the the only driver to score a top five. Oh yeah, great, fantastic! One achievement for nice. the seven-time world champions. Yeah, great, <laughs> great job. Uh, I'll put Bottas for a fifth. I think I'll put Joe there. Actually, really? Wow, Fuck that's it. a wow, that's a bold Fuck one for it. you. <laughs> Why not? He, he was on sure. course for a decent result. He was previously. He's so. been the luckiest of our season, I think. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Sure. He's doing a good race. Um. I think it's fair, like yeah. I think it's fair to say, unless you've anything else to add about Spain, uh, we both Spain. watched a fair amount of motorsport this weekend, despite not, despite F one not being, being on. On yes, uh, I watched a whole bunch of stuff. I watched, like I said, the Michelin Le Mans. I watched the uh, hold on. I watched the some some uh, some what's it called? Hold on, uh, the Fanatec GT World Championship Europe, powered by AWS drivers. <laughs> Around mostly because it was around Magni Core. I was like, I haven't seen any racing action in Magni Core for a long time, and I really liked that track when it was an F1. So I wanted to see what the story was. And I really think if the cars were slimmer and a little bit smaller, that it'd be a great place to go back. Uh, you know, you stick you stick a Tech Pro, you stick a tire barrier at the outskirts of that. Uh, I think it's Esteril, uh, because in reality, how much different is it to going off? At nearly two hundred miles an hour, at you know, like Maggots Beckett's Chapel or one thirty R, you know, like Danny Cavia had a pretty big shunt there, um, you know, I mean they put a uh, barrier there afterwards. I just I think we could definitely go back to Magni Core. I think there's enough scope there with the cars are improved, but that's just me. I love that track, so I was watching some of that. Valentino Rossi very oddly just randomly in that in that race, like P twenty one or something, starting off. And then I saw Christian Clean and had a good laugh at that. Uh, as well as that, flipping, uh, there was, uh, in the Le- Michelin Le Mans, there was Freddie Hunt in the mix of things. And oh. in the, in that um, world, uh, the GT World Championship there, uh, World Challenge, uh, you've got Aurelian Panis. I, can't, I don't know if I'm saying that, his first name right, but son of Olivier Panis. So, just a very random weekend just of seeing just drivers about here uh just just randomly and obviously we watched uh we both watched the indycar at uh at indy uh one of the one of the wilder races i think i've seen in a while with weather conditions and tires i know you've got some thoughts on this i want to let you have the uh the floor here oh yeah so the the thing is we go we went to the brickyard for indy i think me and graham have both sort of engaged a lot more in uh, IndyCar this year mm. for obviously for some um unknown reasons lol we've definitely not been uh, hyping up IndyCar the last last year or so during this podcast we sort of got on the uh hype train for Pato Award quite early on and now we're on the Colton Herta hype train so mm-hmm. sort of backing that a bit, them a bit I, I didn't watch the first three races and then I sort of started watching it two two races ago mm, really beach, enjoyed it yeah that was good. Hate, I hate the blooming um, coverage in America. I absolutely despise it. It's yeah. terrible. But the racing in IndyCar is actually pretty good. Now, we come to Indy. It's it's a massive month for IndyCar because it's the month of May. They seem to be mm. hyping up a lot because what happens is you have the first weekend, the second weekend in May, you have the Grand Prix of Indy or something like that. It's a very strange name. Next weekend, you have qualifying for the Indy 500, and then the weekend after, you have the Indy 500. Mm-hmm. So, kicking off, 
We have this very strange race at Indy where it's been raining. And now, obviously, when it comes to ovals, IndyCar can't race when it rains in, in uh, ovals. And then we get to this layout and it's it's very... Um, what's the what's the word here? It sort of takes you back to the 2005 F1 Indianapolis layout. It's very, very similar. It's not exactly the same layout, but it basically cuts out most of the first sector from if you ever played the uh, classic F1 games. Oh, yes, when, when Liverpool Studios had to go. Yes, you sort of know what I mean. But what happened was the, it rained and it was a wet to dry race and then it sort of rained later on, which it made it, yeah, it was an absolute crack of a very long race. Very, very long. Bearing in mind it was it was only meant to be an hour of 30 normally is what they target, I think. It was, it was meant to be 85 laps. We never even got to finish that. No. We probably would have got it done, but they only needed to give 10 minutes more notice. But basically the race started out wet and it was pretty much whoever came in first for the drives and wanted to risk it, sort of gain the most from it. And our our boy in the... Uh, in the game bridge Honda, is that right? He's in he's in the Honda, Andretti. I, I want to say. Oh, I think Andretti are Chevy's. I could be wrong. But then Harry doesn't that. drive for Andretti, I don't think anyway. He, whatever. He, he drives to some point. Yeah. He, he drives one <laughs> of the bigger teams. I'm still I'm still very noobish at this. So same, same. I'm getting used to it, but I, I hate the fact that they change liveries on some cars every race. Yeah, Grosjean's had at least two different ones in the last two races. Three here. different races. Yeah. In, in all three I've watched, he's been in three different colours. Yeah, I think the one in Long Beach annoying. was his normal one. He had a special one for, I can't remember that track, but that was very nice. Alabama. And, yeah, thank you. And then he's had a different one here. And I assume he's going to have a different one for the 500, but anyways. Yes. Yes, so Colton Hurd was down in P14 and decided he was going to be the first one to sort of uh, box for the drives and oh boy did it work it didn't look like it on the onboard because my word that car was absolutely all over the place and then suddenly decides he's somehow to me it didn't look like it was going to happen and somehow he's in the lead coming down into the first corner and then it sort of gets to a later stage and it starts raining again and then it gets all chaotic because you've got very close to the end and because it's, a, it's very similar to formula one if it if it rains you don't have to use both tyre compounds, like they normally do. They have reds and, and, and whites, or is it blacks? I don't know what uh, they call reds it. And, yeah, reds and blacks, I believe. Red, reds and blacks, so options and primes, basically. Essentially, yeah. So they were all obviously going to use the option tyre. It's, it's like a second delta. And they, they obviously do refuel in this as well, so it's more very... It sort of takes you back to classic effort. It really does. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's quite different, and I, I do like it quite a lot. It's, it's very, very different. And it was sort of, some drivers are sort of playing it out and waiting for it to rain, because sometimes, if it, if it if there's thunder and lightning in, in the car, the race gets called off and paused and red flagged. That's it, you're done. It's end of, end of end of the show. And obviously, it was very close to the end of the race at this point. We're like 60, 70 laps in. And they'd all just made stops for a final set of the reds and it starts raining again and certain drivers decided to come in because it was having incidents where drivers were sliding off and crashing into other drivers because mm -hmm. you just get into a point where you, the tires just couldn't grip up anymore and Pato Award bless him among others the, 
among others, yeah, Callum Harlot, um, Ryan McGoughlin, I don't, I can't, I can't pronounce his last name, decided to stay out on slicks. And my word, it's some of the worst wet, wet conditions I've seen, obviously apart from Belgium. It was, it was on them levels on the main street. And my man is out there in the wet on slick tires. We come to a safety re car restart. Colin Herter is pit for wets. And somehow, I don't know how he did this, but he managed to... Colin Herter breezes up past him to go into turn one. And I don't know how. He managed to near enough outbreak Colin Herter <laughs> into turn one in the wet. And I mean, it's wet as hell. On the dries and keep it on track. Oh, God. If, if this was F1, he would have got the black and orange red, uh, black and orange flag for blooming unsafe, being unsafe, because you should not have been out on slick tyres in them conditions. It was wild. Like, you could see the spray being kicked up. Like, and I'm thinking, how on earth are these cars on slicks not aquaplaning into a barrier? It's, I remember watching Kimi Raikkonen aquaplane on full wets in Brazil 2016 and on the main street and it's, you're just like powerless and that's full wet so we can clear like what 120 liters of water per second mm. this is a slick tire in extreme wet conditions on a main straight going well 120 130 plus easy and how are they not spearing off in like into the barrier with they can't be able to clear this it was wild it was while it was allowed to happen as well uh, I will say there was some fantastic car control out there from a lot of drivers. Colton Herter included as well. Whew, that was some save. What a what a save. Probably one of the best saves I've ever seen. Yeah. He, he, I don't know. Everybody was sort of mind-blown how we saved that. And then two corners later, decides to take the lead. <laughs> I think that sort of topped it off. Also, the, the fact that he's going back to the tyre thing, there isn't any tech pro in this either. It was pure concrete oh, yeah. barriers. That hasn't changed it, Indy. Yeah. So it's it's even more dangerous. Yeah. So uh, it absolutely baffled me. What a race win from Herder though. That was that was mad. That was absolutely he, wild. That he's was, been coming though, hasn't it? He, yeah. He's sort of had the season so far. He's he's got a lot of hype behind him at the minute, and he's being quoted by a lot of the media outlets as America's next F one driver. So he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders, and he's what drives like he's that making though. All, yeah, that's sort of what you're looking for as an F1 driver. And this is why he's getting the opportunities with McLaren. But you you go back to Long Beach, he was fighting for the lead there and crashed out. Yeah. In Alabama, he tried to overtake when he was in a good position to probably not win, but definitely on the cards for a podium or top five at least, and went for a silly move and costed him and ended up spinning and dropping right back. He's just got to iron out these little errors. And I think he's going to be the complete package. Yeah, I, I honestly like that was that's one of the best. That, heck, that's one of the best race wins I've seen for a while. Yeah, it was it was dominant. Whatever the it category. Yeah, he he was on another level. He he was gapping them by four or five seconds quite easily. And there's some quality drivers on that grid. Definitely some quality drivers. So yeah, that was very that was very fun to watch. I'm looking forward to now that I know some of these indie cars more and the drivers and such. I'm really looking forward now to seeing the Indy 500. With I know they're like you get drivers in for one offs at the Indy 500, but um, well, Pablo Montoya, yeah. as, as to mention that he was on the grid, which is a another throwback. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Qualifying should be a blast. And I'm looking forward to the Indy 500 itself as well, which is on, the, of course, same day as the uh, Michael Grand Prix, which it has been for the last... Well, it has been like that at times as well. Just, I don't know, it's weird, isn't it? The, the, like two of the three of the Triple Crown are uh, on the same day. Yeah, this, this is going to be the first year I'm actually interested in the championship, not just watching it and going back off of it like I used to. It's never, IndyCar's never really been my thing, but this season I'm I'm definitely... I enjoy it more than F2. <laughs> oh, by definitely. I, I think a lot of it, I think the the fact that Calamaro's in it and Longard's in it and Grosjean's in it and drivers I know have sort of like hmm. persuaded me to watch it. Ericsson. It's just... But also oh, just, drivers that you're also going to know. Like you're, you, you're going to hear more Pato Award like we talked about last year. You're going to hear more about, you know, Colton Herta. Um, Renus VK, he's, he's very good, I think. He's got very... He's got some good potential if he actually puts it together. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it, and it should be a blast. But that was a, that was a wild race. That was it was very fun though. I really enjoyed it. There's a lot of a lot of argy bargy stuff, elbows out, you know, difficult conditions. It was a, really I think it had a lot really. Yeah, I, I went on Twitter, and a lot of F1 Twitter seems to be getting on this train as well. So seems to. They need to up their game on the coverage, but absolutely because they're getting the engagement now. I think mm-hmm. they're sort of reaching out to the the European market a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. So that was good fun. Uh, do you think so? The uh, the good old uh, historic Monaco was this weekend as well, just gone. Uh, we called. We actually talked about a little bit about this last year when it was on, because it, it was the first. Last year was kind of the first time I realized it, it was a thing. Yes. So, anyways, that was streamed on Sky Sports YouTube. This, uh, this, uh, just the weekend just gone. Uh, generally speaking, like I love watching those cars go around. And again, I, t- I said this last year. You can see how racing at Monaco could work if the cars were smaller, skinnier. You know, there's plenty of space when it comes down to it. It's just the cars won't have to be flipping five meters wide. Uh, you know, so sort that shit out. But there's, I don't, I don't think there's anything more painful to watch than seeing a classic car in a barrier it's not it's not the fact that it's a classic car it is one of the most iconic cars and probably one of the most expensive cars (laughs) this being and it's there was a few cars that were in the barrier i saw a 50s car i think in the barrier as well but this particular one obviously being the 1974 uh nicky lauda ferrari which was uh, in in the hands of charles leclerc and oh dear at rascast brakes went car in the rear it's just just not nice seeing a car like that crumpled and it's i felt the same with the 50s car i think with the bonnet bent and it's like oh it's oh it's painful man it's it's physically painful to watch yeah it is but the thing is it was no fault of charles's like on his own it was the brakes had failed and he just got no control over it Oh, so that's painful. I don't have any, I don't really have any other thoughts outside of that on the on the weekend, but No, it was just uh, it's just painful to see and the yeah. Charles was not happy about it afterwards. Oh stop. Uh what was his tweet? Uh <laughs> I said it to you earlier. Uh when you thought you already had all the bad luck in the world in Monaco and you lose the brakes into Rascas and one of the most iconic historical Ferrari Formula One car and he has the upside down smiley face and the gun next to it. <laughs> Uh, it, I'm glad he could make light of the situation, but that would have been that would be that's that's just painful. That's just a painful thing to have happen. <laughs> it is, yeah. It's it's not good, is it? 
and the Monaco curse continues. Busy week for me. He was in Gilles Villeneuve, uh, the uh, Ferrari, not too long ago as well. Yeah, I saw that. So I imagine there'll be some more Gilles Villeneuve stuff throughout at the Canadian Grand Prix this year. I think it's the 40th anniversary. Yeah, there definitely will be. Yeah. Has to be, especially for the fact that we've not been to Canada for two years. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it will be three years by the time they get there, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it will be, yeah. Uh, that was really all. Do you have anything else to add on this uh, week? Not really. I think I, I've sort of waffled about IndyCar enough. So No, that was good. Uh, I, did have, I, did, I did have a quick check of the Formula Regional European Championship presented by Alpine uh, yeah. table because I wanted to see it after the uh, manic running at, uh, at Imola and uh, Dino Begnovic uh, Ferrari Academy is kind of convincingly leading the way 86 points ahead of Mercedes is Paul Aaron on 48 points and you've got Gabriella Mini on 40 points and then Michael Beloff on 38 uh, Montoya is a little bit lower though he's like top 10 at the moment but yeah Begnovic kind of running away with that at the moment and I'm, I was surprised Begnovic wasn't in F3 this year so I mm. imagine that will be uh, that'll be the case next year If or heck he could be well I, I don't think he'd walk away from uh, form the regional European presented by Alpine because you know super license points for for winning yeah, unless he's winning by that much he could just go but uh, and maybe you know you maybe like, maybe you could get a late F three uh, a late F three drive in the season for a, f- a few races but yeah pro- someone like, straight to F1. yeah sure why not <laughs> someone I thought should already have been in F three but uh, anyways yeah that's uh, that's your that's your Formula Regional European Championship is about Alpina update for Roundup of the week, yes. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. You are time talking about welcome. the bloody tile that actually did the blooming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you want, you know, if, if you want to say, I could talk about the uh, the Fanatech GT World Championship Challenge. Or sorry, World Challenge Europe powered by AWS drivers, if you want. We could talk about that. I mean, no. Uh, Jack Aitken won in Imola, right? For which? For the... Uh, Le Mans thing, I don't know what it's called. Uh, the one that was streaming on the race. Here's the like thing. The his girlfriend uh, posted on Instagram about it. Here's the thing. The one I saw had like, a, like it's like a mix of like, I would, what I would call gentleman drivers, so to speak. So what I mean by gentlemen yeah. is like people in their the 40s, Davis 50s, yeah. 60s sometimes. Uh, you know, a, a, a wide, I wouldn't call them athletes. To say that, you know what I mean? Like it's just not athletes so maybe there's a different one that I, but the one I watched was uh, not the glamorous one so I think Sophia Flourish was also competing in that as well and yeah and Fisco yeah well. so yeah, I uh, the one I checked out was not the glamorous one <laughs> I see I see but yes yes Jack Aiken won one of them I know that oh, good for him could uh yeah is he still Paul Williams uh, I think so yeah I, I want to say he is he's probably the reserve right has I, to be because I, I don't think I don't think Sergeant got the super license points. No, I don't think so. I, I believe that's the case. Yeah, unless they're sharing Orkenberg, which I doubt. No, I don't th- oh, that'd be that'd be Aston Martin's call at the end of the day. Yeah, and obviously that that's not going to happen. They can have Stroll if they want. Sure, why not? <laughs> Could you imagine if, if Lawrence told him, "Yeah, you're going back on loan to Williams." Could you imagine? Oh, I'd love it. Oh, that would be so good. That would be so so good. But at the same time, I think it'd do him a world of good to see him humbled. Yeah, back in, no, back in an environment where Daddy's not got his cover on his back. You know what I mean? See, I'd rather I, just I, take I, Joe if I was at Williams rather than Stroll. I'd rather take anyone. Yeah, that's something that's dying to happen. Like, especially a poor chair back in the F two championship. Now you just, you know, 
Put him in for Sao Mario 23. You move Joe to Williams. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Joe and Albon. That that hits a great number of markets. There, I like so. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a good lineup. I think. I think Williams then should get Albon to get out of his Red Bull agreement. Yeah, I think absolutely. Albon should be wise to do that as well because yeah. otherwise it's just yeah. Anyway, I like I like I like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I have your GTA content calling me. Yeah, I, I think we're I think we're uh, I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna do us for another edition of the Switchback Formula One podcast. I liked it. It was uh, a roundup of a lot of different mediums, so to speak, this time around. But uh, yeah, Spanish Grand Prix this weekend. I'm excited. Excited to catch F1, F2, F3, W Series if I can. Uh, it's gonna be a busy weekend, and uh, might not cover the F2, F3, W Series stuff until afterwards. But our week, or actually, oh, good grief, we might have to. Yeah, we're gonna have to. Yeah, it's gonna be Monaco's a week later. We'll yeah, it's gonna have to be. It's well, we'll see how the race goes, and if, it's, if the Spanish Grand Prix is as boring as it has always been, then. Uh, Lucky you. Oh, well, don't you bother. Monaco Grand Prix is going to be like that, so... Yeah, jeez. Yeah, gosh. Well, don't tell me... Oh, don't tell me all three of them are going to Monaco uh, as well. Let's find out while we're here. I know here. F2 is. I know for a fact F2 is. And I want to say W Series is, but I'm not positive F3 is. F3 is not. You fear not. Yeah, I was going I was going to say there is no physical space for 30 <laughs> cars on that grid. There. I know it's... I've, I've seen it before with... Formula Regional Power by Alpine or whatever mm-hmm. it is around there and it's just utter chaos and there's cars on top of each other and all sorts oh it's great fun uh, F3's back in action at Silverstone after Barcelona so. that's a while no, that's, yeah. ah, not at all at there, it's 1st to 3rd of July at Silverstone that's still a long time Graham. that's a good month that's disappointing why have you left it why are you ending the podcast with that news <laughs> that is... it's not it's not a while you, like, that you've is. Got, no, That's it's not. No, it's not. You've got the you got the Spanish Grand Prix this week, twenty to twenty second of May. Monaco the week after that. That's the 29th, Indy five hundred. And the week from that is this. That's the last junior month. Oh right, sorry, I'm missing a month. You're right. Oh no. I was gonna say. Oh no. We've got Canada and, and Baku <laughs> coming up. No, you're right. I I skipped a month. <laughs> Need to go back to school. Uh, uh, it's, all, it's all the months of the year. What's that? Is there something calling me? I'll be right there. <laughs> right. Well, I really should have ended it the first time. Well, fuck that shit. Right. We're done. Thank you very much for joining us this week. My name's been Graham. I've been Graham's monthly knowledge. Yeah, yeah great. Good one. Uh, we'll <laughs> see you next week. <laughs>